everybody, welcome back to the Sunny Day Review. I'm Brian. I'm Jillian. Jillian, how are you doing? Good. Good. We're uh, jumping into the second video we're recording today, so yeah. I'm excited. A um, little nervous about this first one we have to cover, but yeah. overall generally excited. Do you want to kind of go into a little bit of why you're nervous about it? Maybe give the audience a heads up. I'm sure yeah. they know if they're listening, but you know. Uh, so if you are familiar with the Buffy series, uh, you may, or actually, I mean, it's possible you haven't seen, um, Earshot. Uh, it is, I, I, I want to include kind of a trigger warning here, okay. um, just because it is an episode that deals with a school shooting. Mm. Um, so... If you are triggered by school shootings or discussion of possible school shootings, uh, please skip forward. We'll have the time card some or the the time code somewhere, yeah. either like definitely on the in the description, description, yeah, uh, in the video and on um, iTunes podcast services. So yeah, yeah. Um, I mean this. We're kind of skipping to the end here, but personally for me, this isn't like a must-watch episode. Mm -hmm. um, so if you feel like you might be triggered, if you just generally feel uncomfortable with discussion about potential school shootings, I I have no problem telling you that you can skip this episode. Mm -hmm. And um, um, I guess we can kind of set... Well, I guess for anyone who wants to skip ahead, skip ahead now... We'll see you. We're talking about the episode after this. But for anyone sticking here, I guess we can kind of set the scene. This episode didn't air when it was originally supposed to, correct? Correct. Uh, so the last episode we talked about, which was Enemies, aired in March of 1999. Mm. This episode did not air until September 21st, um, about two weeks before the season four premiere. Mm. It was delayed for that long. Right. So it's um, not especially plot relevant to the overall arc of the show. Arc, so they were yeah. just able to kind of just remove it from the original run of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can kind of jump into it a little bit here. Mm -hmm. um, I This one, I'm not really excited to talk about. It's not one of my favorite episodes. Um, mm -hmm. So I think we're just going to kind of give a really high level of this one. I'll yeah. point out, like the one scene that I really love about this episode mm -hmm. and just give you the high-level plot points, but I'm not going to... I I mean, even my notes are not as in-depth as they usually are for right. episodes that we cover. Yeah, um, and it should be mentioned, it was pushed because in real life there was the Columbine tragedy. Yeah. That uh, um, I'm sure everyone's at least somewhat familiar with that. So, um, Earshot, Season 3, Episode 18... Uh, originally aired September 20, September 21st, 1999, was written by Jane Espenson and directed by Regis Kimball. Um, so when this episode was supposed to air, like Brian just said, the Columbine High School Massacre occurred one week before this episode was originally scheduled to air. Um, because it included a scene with a student loading a rifle, apparently for mass murder, but in reality for suicide, uh, the WB substitute, substituted a rerun of Bad Girls mm. instead of airing this episode. Uh, the episode was delayed until September of 1999, two weeks before uh, the season four premiere. Right. Um, also, kind of fun fact, um, because we'll be covering it in the... We'll be covering this episode 
in our next video, so I don't really feel like we're spoiling it. Um, mm. The the season three finale actually also was delayed uh, due to concerns about school violence. Yeah, I mean, it must have been just, obviously, we were too young uh, to really be conscious of anything going on yeah. around us, but it must I, have I been... I was seven. Yeah, it must have just been a, an insane time and networks everyone just didn't know what to do what was the right thing to do so there's probably i feel like if we looked back there'd probably be lots of shows that were moved delayed you know and uh fortunately you know it didn't hurt buffy in terms of coming back for another season or anything like that not having the finale when it was supposed to but it just you know people just felt like they you know they needed some time to yeah. to breathe after all that so yeah and considering that this was supposed to air the week after mm. that happened like it total 100% coincidence mm. yeah um, and we had talked so about it before like Oz gets shot in a school mm-hmm. in an earlier episode there's the episode with the couple um you know the ghost couple where oh, people yeah, get shot in schools yeah maybe that would happen on shows today i don't know if we're more callous but certainly not uh not around the time after you know columbine right. just guns in schools were not would not be a thing you know right so casually it would be like the focus of a thing you know yeah because there's been episodes like i think glee had an episode um where a gun goes off in the school I thought it was kind of a ripoff of Hush, but whatever. We won't, uh, we won't go there. But uh, And then, like, Degrassi, of course, had an episode where Drake got shot in school. Yeah. Uh, even uh, the Fosters on ABC Family mm. or Freeform or whatever it was when that show aired, right? uh, they, they had a, a school shooting episode as yeah. well. So, yeah, just wanted to kind of set the scene, give give people a taste of the time that this and why this got delayed but yeah let's uh let's talk about your shot all right um so kind of the big uh story of this episode is that buffy ends up getting into a fight with a demon at the beginning of the episode she gets some of the demon's blood on her hand which because um of the kind of demon it was it's determined that she's going to develop some sort of aspect of the demon right uh and through the course of the episode, they determine that uh, she gains the ability to read people's minds mm. because the demons have no mouths and therefore communicate telepathically. Right. Um, so she gains the ability to read people's minds. Um, she starts, like, it starts off kind of slow. Um, we hear, like, or we see Buffy overhearing Xander's thoughts. Mm. Um wondering if Cordelia and Wesley have kissed and um, just kind of they're, they're slowly start to thoughts of other people slowly start to trickle into her, into her head mm-hmm. um, once she kind of figures out what's going on uh, she goes and tries to talk to Angel to see like what he's really thinking in his head because he's, he's a very quiet type mm-hmm. so um She's, like, asking a bunch of questions, like, how do you feel about this and whatever. 
um, it's determined that she can't read his mind because right. it's kind of like the mirror. Um, the thoughts are there, but they have no reflection. Right. Kind of like how he's there, but he has no reflection in the mirror. Right, right. Um, but she, he's like, you know what, just ask me anything and I'll be honest with you. Like, you don't need to have this extra superpower for me to tell you what I honestly think. Mm -hmm. And he ends up revealing to her that, um, in 241 years, he has loved exactly one person and that's Buffy. Uh, I have a little question of what about Darla? Yeah. But maybe that's, maybe that's when he loved. Was, yeah. He wasn't a sold vampire at that time so it was a selfish love rather than a true love right. um let's see uh buffy fills in giles about what's going on there's one scene in this that i absolutely love mm. and it's the scene where buffy and giles are explaining to the rest of the scoobies about her new aspect of the demon superpower and she's kind of going around the room and listening to each person's thoughts and Xander can only think about sex. Yeah. So that's no surprise there. Right. Um, Oz has like these super deep thoughts. Um, and that, but like, he's a man of very few words. Mm -hmm. And that's like a running joke of the series. Right. Um, but he has these super deep, deep thoughts about like, well, if we are our thoughts yeah. and Buffy can hear our, our thoughts, therefore she becomes us yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And goes on and on. Yeah. And then outwardly he just goes, Huh. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. Mm. Um, we also see that Cordelia says exactly what she thinks. That's that's my favorite part of this. <laughs> Everyone else like, censors herself, not Cordelia. In her head, she's like, I wonder if I can go now. And her, out of her mouth comes, can I go now? Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Willow is super supportive of Buffy verbally, but internally she worries about Buffy... Um, and Buffy not needing her as a friend anymore, mm. and that Buffy can hear people's thoughts, and she'll know Oz better than Willow does, and it just kind of spirals from yeah. there. Um, Wesley is thinking about Cordelia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But um, the Scoobies are unable to control their thoughts. One by one, they are just uncomfortable with the situation mm. and leave because they can't, they can't help what they're thinking in their heads. Yeah. So... Um, let's see. Buffy starts to get a headache from listening to everyone's thoughts. Mm. Uh, she goes out in the halls. She just starts getting bombarded. She can't control who she can hear anymore and who she can't. It's just all in her head. Mm. Um, With episodes like see. this, take a little tangent to real life. Remember like yeah. a few, maybe a month or two ago where there was like that meme where some people don't have like a running internal dialogue. Uh, <laughs> it's like... When I think about that, I'm like, what do people think then when they watch these kind of episodes? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, they're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> they never questioned it. They're not like, why is why are they having a full on conversation with themselves in their heads? You know, yeah. it's like, I don't know. I don't know, Jill. Anyways, <laughs> back to Buffy. <laughs> uh, let's see. So Giles finds um, a record of a human developing this aspect of the demon before. Uh, Wesley asks if he can contact that person, but Giles says that the guy has put himself into um, complete isolation because he couldn't shut off the power. He started going insane. Right. Um, so there, there starts to grow that concern that Buffy might like lose her mind if she can't shut out the voices. Um, at lunch, Buffy becomes even more overwhelmed by all the thoughts. She ends up hearing a scary voice say, 
this time tomorrow I'll kill you all mm-hmm. before um, becoming completely overwhelmed and passing out. Yeah. The Scoobies drag her outside. Um, she tells them what she heard. The Scoobies start doing kind of an investigation into different people they think might be looking to hurt people. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So Buffy is sent home. While at home, she picks up on Joyce's thoughts, and it's revealed that during the events of Band Candy, uh, Joyce and Giles had sex on the hood of a cop car twice. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like playing around with, like, of course, if you find out someone can read your thoughts, you're going to think the thing you don't want them to know the most. Yeah. And she yeah. doesn't want them to know that her and Giles had sex on the hood of a car two times. <laughs> cop car. <laughs> cop car. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, so the Scoobies are, like, investigating. Sorry, I'm having an issue with my headphones here at the moment. <laughs> That's quite all right. Don't worry. They just keep, like, I can't put just one ear on because mm. then they'll slide right off my head. Um, so, yeah. So, let's see. Um, Wesley and Giles discover a cure. They enlist Angel. He helps them get the cure. They cure Buffy. Um, at school, Jonathan has brought a rifle to the clock tower. Jonathan is a character. He's a very minor character at this point. We've seen him a couple of times. Mm. Um, Always just like uh, the butt of the joke type of... Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. He's he's the Kenny of Buffy. <laughs> right. To make a South Park reference. Um, so let's see. Um... So Jonathan brought a rifle to the clock tower. The Scoobies think that he's the one planning on killing everyone. Buffy rushes to stop him. She has a kind of a heart to heart with him, explaining that he has problems, but so does everyone else. Mm. And no one really cares because they're all too busy dealing with their own problems. Right. Um, Jonathan reveals that he wasn't planning on hurting anyone else. Mm. And he was just planning to kill himself with the giant rifle. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Um, not going to break down the logistics problems that I see with that, but okay. Um, in the cafeteria, Zan, or, so at that point, they think that they've like stopped this whole thing and that everybody's, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Xander goes into the cafeteria to grab some jello um, <laughs> and stumbles across the lunch lady pouring rat poison into the school lunch. Just straight up, like yeah. cartoon, like giant thing of rat poison. Yeah. Like that that box of rat poison could have come out of like the Acme studios where exactly. Wiley Coyote gets all of his weapons. Exactly what I was thinking. Just with like crossbones <laughs> on it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um let's see. So Xander tries to stop her. He gets into a fight with the lunch lady <laughs> whose stunt double is really bad and looks like a fully grown man in a lunch lady costume. Um Buffy arrives to save Xander. Um, before he is cleaved to death. She has like the lunch lady has a cleaver. Um so yeah, they they incapacitate the lunch lady and everybody's saved. Woohoo. Um the episode ends with Buffy revealing to Giles that she knows that he and Joyce had sex. Giles immediately walks into a tree. <laughs> um and so I have a couple of comments in here from uh Jane Espenson's commentary on this episode, because mm. she actually wrote this episode. Um so in her commentary on the DVD, she reveals that she uh, found out she was going to write this episode and she knew she wanted the student in the tower to be Jonathan, mm. uh, even though Danny Strong, who's the actor, um, has only had small comedic parts in the series over the years. She had faith that he would be able to handle the dr- uh, like a dramatic scene, mm. which was really cool. Um, she also mentioned in her commentary that she introduced the exchange in which Buffy discovers that her, um, her mother and Giles in Van Candy had sex. Mm. 
um, because she was surprised that fans were uh, not sure if they had or if they hadn't, and she wanted to eliminate any doubts. It's like, yes, the bad. Uh, we, we also find out that Giles walking into a tree after Buffy told him that she knew was actually Anthony Stewart Head's idea. Um, although he did not expect Joss Whedon to actually let him do it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's funny because I feel like, you know, when he, Joss, uh, I probably heard that, he's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. It's really funny. It's very true to the character. Mm. And if you think about it, like, so with TV shows, um, they generally bring in different directors, mm. different writers. So it gets to a certain point where besides like executive producers and like the executive writing team, these actors actually, because they're constantly with these characters day in and day out, mm. actors can actually get to know their characters better than the writers right. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why when actors sometimes bring up ideas and they actually make it in the show, it's not really that surprising mm. because um, I think another one I heard was like with um, Game of Thrones. Mm. Like sometimes the actors have ideas and they let them like change the script and right. go forward with the idea because these actors have been with these characters for so long. Mm. They actually know them better than the writers who keep coming in and out. Right. Makes sense. Um, so, I mean, what did you give for a rating on this one? Um, I gave it a six. Um, it's like, it's fine. It's a fine episode. It's, um, Mind reading is always like a fun thing, but it also has like the more dramatic elements. Then also juxtaposed with another funny scene of a giant box of poison. So <laughs> I don't know. What'd you what'd you give it? I gave it a six. I don't know. I like this Same this page. is not I have episodes that I will go back to and watch over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. This is not one of those episodes. This right. is not an episode that I watched for fun. Right. Um, I don't, besides watching it to take notes for it, I don't remember the last time I watched this episode, except if I was just doing like a straight up yeah, binge it. of yeah. the entire series. No, I get you. Uh, yeah, but overall, I mean, we talked about it before. It doesn't really play like a big role in the overall season arc. Mm -hmm. um, the Really, the, the focus right now should be on the mayor and what's going on with that. He's the big bad of the season. This mm -hmm. is kind of like a step away from that. Um, so it's it's a one-off episode and it clearly didn't really have a major impact on, um, on the season as a whole, which is why they were easily able to just not air it right all right well so yeah so for the people who skipped ahead welcome back um <laughs> we are going to get into the next episode which is choices, choices. uh season three episode 19 um originally aired may 4th 1999 written by david fury and directed by james a cotner so yeah uh, i guess we'll just jump into it here let's do it um so the mayor has bought Faith a new toy, uh, a fancy knife. It's a cool he knife, sends... in fairness. It is. It is. Um, he sends her to the airport to, um, to do him a favor in picking up a box. Mm. Um, Buffy is out um, slaying with Angel and starts talking to him about the future. She thinks their relationship is in a rut because Angel doesn't take her anywhere new. Um, I... I have in my notes, I guess they got back together in earshot. Um, it's, I mean, like, he helped 
cure her, mm-hmm. but I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Yeah. I think they're just back together because the plot kind of demanded it. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Yeah, this is an we important episode out. for like the reasoning of him spinning off, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. Um, we find out that Buffy was accepted to Northwestern University and doesn't, but she's not like overexcited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, Joyce is ecstatic. <laughs> Um, at school the next day, the Scoobies are all talking about what schools they got into. Buffy is frustrated and disappointed because with Faith working for the bad guys, she can't leave, um, for college. Mm. Like, at one point she thought she might be able to. Yeah. Um, but she doesn't, she also doesn't know how to break it to her mom. Uh, she figures she will likely be going to UC Sunnydale. I have a note in my, um, <laughs> I have a note in my, in my notes here. When did Sunnydale get a college? Uh, is this the same college where the fraternity tried to sacrifice her in season two? I feel like yes. I feel like yes. It has to be, right? I don't know. (laughs) Like, we know that there's a private girls' school, um, right outside of town. But, like, season one, they described Sunnydale as, like, a one block between the good side of town and the bad side of town kind of town. So I don't know, like, how they all of a sudden have a college. But yeah, I don't know. Um, Again, the plot demanded it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's see. Willow got into all of the schools, of course. <laughs> um, in- including Oxford, where they make Gileses. <laughs> so good. Uh, Xander is planning on taking a road trip slash backpacking trip slash adopting a wanderer lifestyle. <laughs> um, Buffy talks to Wesley about wanting to leave Sunnydale to go to college after she graduates. Wesley invokes the power invested in him by the council and forbids Buffy from leaving Sunnydale. (laughs) Buffy just rolls her eyes. (laughs) Um, She tries to bargain with Giles um, and Wesley saying that they should let her go um, if she defeats the mayor and captures Faith before she leaves. She also promises to come back for every school break and help them. I think it's so funny. It's like uh, when, when Wesley forbids it, he does like this really stupid like by the power invested in me by the Watcher's Council, blah, 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 I forbid it. It's like, dude, what are you doing? No wonder nobody takes you seriously. Like, okay, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, man, I don't have it in my notes here, but I know that when, um, when Buffy tells Giles that she got into uh, Northwestern, Giles is like, that's amazing. Your mother must be so proud. And Buffy goes... Yeah, when she saw the news, uh, her head spun around and exploded. And Childs goes, I've been living on the Hellmouth too long. That was metaphorical, right? <laughs> and she's like, oh, yes. She was just very excited. Right. She, she's fine. <laughs> um, let's see. So Faith picks up the mayor's box at the airport. She brings the box to City Hall, and Buffy watches her bring it in. Faith brings the box to the mayor and goes to peek inside when he when his back is turned and the mayor almost has a panic attack mm-hmm. uh we find out that the box is filled with spider creatures that the mayor has to consume in order to complete the next step in his ascension disgusting oh my god as someone who is freaked out by spiders <laughs> and I'm, I'm talking about like i am freaked out by spiders that are smaller than like like anything yeah. Yeah. knowing that these things are massive i'm just like Nope. And you have nope. to eat Don't open them. the box. Oh. Don't open the box. Yeah. Um, 
He's like, um, Buffy beats up one of the vampires who helped deliver the box, and he reveals that the box is known as the Box of Gavrock. Uh, Buffy brings that back to the Scoobies, and they devise a plan to break into City Hall and steal the box, thus trying to prevent the mayor's ascension. Yes. Um, while walking around town, Xander spots Cordelia in a store and decides to resume the verbal boxing match they had going on earlier in the episode. Xander thinks that the reason Cordelia lashed out at the group um, while they were discussing future plans is because she didn't get into any schools. Cordelia proves that that's not true, revealing she got into USC, Colorado State, Duke, and Columbia. Some pretty good uh, Zand- schools. Yeah. Um, goes back to the episode where they got their SAT scores, and Xander was like, wow, you did really good. And she's like, oh, please, I have some experience with covering this stuff up. Right. Like, Cordelia is actually really smart. <laughs> um, let's see. Xander throws a a quip at her about her dad paying for colleges to let her in, and Cordelia tells him to go away. Yeah. Um, Clearly, yeah. She's not having a great financial situation right now. Mm. Um, So let's see. That night, Buffy, Willow, and Angel put their plan into action to break into City Hall and steal the box. Xander and Oz are back in the library, readying a spell slash potion to destroy the box once the team has it. And Giles and Wesley are in the getaway car. <laughs> I really think that that should have been switched, and Giles and Wesley should have been at the library preparing the, um, like the destroying spell. Right. And Xander and Oz should have been in the van, but Oz yeah. for sure. It's his van. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Angel lowers Buffy in through a skylight on a rope. It's very like cartoon burglar yeah. slash like mission impossible right um let's see um it turns out the mission impossible had actually come out two years before this episode uh, so they might have actually been trying to rip off yeah or not rip off homage yeah. um mission impossible here uh buffy is caught at the last minute and a fight breaks out. Honestly, I think this is just an excuse for the writers and stunt coordinators to write in a fight scene where buffy is up on cables right um something a little bit different (laughs) uh angel and buffy managed to successfully steal the box and run off but willow is captured in the process Mm. this is probably the reason why oz wasn't in the van because he would have refused to leave without her right um back at the library the scoobies are trying to regroup and figure out how to get willow back buffy wants to give the box back and trade it for willow but wesley is insisting that they destroy the box um Oz clearly upset that the rest of the group are entertaining the idea of not prioritizing saving Willow by any means necessary, destroys the cauldron, and takes the choice out of everyone's hands. <laughs> Love it. In my in my notes I have, yes, Oz is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love Oz. Yeah. Um, so let's see. After being locked in a room in City Hall, one of the mayor's vampire lackeys, who was supposed to be watching Willow, decides to try to bite her. Uh, Willow ends up staking him using the floating pencil spell we saw oh, earlier. This. Yeah, this yeah. is such a good scene. Yeah. Um, let's see. Willow escapes the room where she is being held and decides to go exploring, probably trying to find a way out. Willow finds her way to the mayor's office and comes across the Books of Ascension. She stops to read the Books of Ascension. Mm-hmm. Why, Willow? Why? You are trying to escape and you're just like, ooh, books! Yeah, like, this, I'm is, sorry. Uh, this, this is a bad move. Let's carry I mean, them. She, 
she could have easily stolen one and probably made it out of City Hall, mm. and then they would have been missing, like, like steal, like, the last one so they don't know how to complete every, anything. Yeah. Like, come on, girl. Um, so eventually, Faith comes across her, points out that she's an idiot for shopping <laughs> to read the books. Uh, sorry, Willow, I gotta be with Faith on this yeah. one. Uh, you did not think that through. Uh, Willow fires back with words telling Faith that she's a worthless waste, so Faith punches her in the face. Oh, boy. Oh, Willow. I appreciate that you've, you've found this new confidence and that you are growing as a person, but at the same time, please, logic, please, please just do logic. Yeah. Um, so let's see. So the two sides, meaning the Scoobies versus the mayor and his his side, um, decide to trade Willow for the box and meet up at the school cafeteria. During the meetup, Mayor Wilkins decides to put in his two cents on Buffy and Angel's relationship, telling them that he doesn't see much of a future for them since Angel is immortal and Buffy is not. Mm. And he reminds them if Angel gets too happy, he'll turn evil again and questions Angel about what kind of life he can offer Buffy. Ugh. It's kind of like, a, in a perverse way, like a dad Oh yeah, talking to, you know, the boyfriend. Um, but... Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where, like, where Giles in his father figure area will always support Buffy, even if he doesn't think she's necessarily making the right choice. Mm. Um, the mayor is the first person to, or, like, he will take every opportunity to dig and poke so and out, yeah yeah um and just play on the insecurities that he knows they probably already have yep um he's just a manipulative asshole but anyway um <laughs> so while they're doing this exchange the box for willow uh is uh snyder bursts in with the cops uh thinking he's about to stop a drug deal um when he realizes the mayor is there he starts to kiss his ass yeah during which time one of the cops opens the box of Gavrox and is attacked by one of the spider demons. Faith kills the demon by throwing her knife across the room and pinning it against the wall. Again. As Ooh. they all <laughs> as they all disperse, uh, the mayor and his gang with the box and the Scoobies with Willow, Snyder remarks, why couldn't you just be dealing drugs like normal people? This is a good line. Um, also, I, I have a note here. Um, Faith leaves the knife behind. Plot-wise, this makes sense, but seeing as she was so excited about the gift the mayor gave her, not sure why she did it. Yeah. Um, now reunited with Willow, she tells the Scoobies about what happened, and it turns out she stole a couple pages out of the Books of Ascension and hands them to Giles for research. Wesley points out that since they didn't destroy the box, the mayor is likely to complete his ascension. Um, the chances of Buffy being able to leave the, for college are pretty much gone. Yeah. And the episode ends with Willow and Buffy talking. Willow decides she wants to stay in Sunnydale and keep fighting the good fight alongside her friends rather than pursuing her her higher education elsewhere. Mm. Pretty selfless, but yeah, you know she has a she feels that she can contribute to the to the cause. Yeah. Um. So I mean, for ratings, I gave this one seven stakes. Mm. Um, I feel like it's weird giving it only one point higher than earshot yeah. but yeah i gave it yeah. an eight um and i can't wait to talk about the next episode okay but as far as before we get there yes. as far as watcher pass um this is a very plot advancing episode with a lot of things that needed to happen so i say watch for sure oh yeah definitely 
All right, and then the last episode that we're going to be covering in this video is uh, Season 3, Episode 20, The Prom. The Prom. It's really good. Has a uh, very nostalgic and sentimental place in most Buffy fans' hearts. Yeah. Um, so just to jump into this one, uh, The Prom originally aired May 11th, 1999, written by Marty Noxon and directed by David Solomon. Um, so let's see. The episode opens with Buffy having slept over the mansion with Angel after a night of slaying. She wakes up with massive bedhead and comments that um, she should make the mansion more girl friendly by putting in some mirrors. She also, huh? I'm just giggling at that. <laughs> uh, she also mentions that maybe she can move in some of her stuff and ask him why he hasn't asked her to prom yet. She then pulls back a curtain not thinking about the fact that it's now morning outside and accidentally lets in sunlight right onto Angel. He gets out of the way fast enough to not burst into flames, but it's clearly a close call. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Not great. Um, so let's see. I do think it's funny that, like, I mean, I think she pulled away a curtain in front of, like, a door. Like, he didn't have an actual door. It's just, mm -hmm. like, a curtain over an opening. Right. It's like, couldn't, like, a breeze do that? Right. Um, so let's see. Xander runs runs into Anya. Um, we haven't seen her since Doppelgangerland. She still hates men, but at the same time, asks Xander to go to the prom with her. <laughs> She's got all these feelings that she can't get rid of now. <laughs> She's like, all men are evil, but uh, will you go with me? It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty adorable. I'm actually like thinking about it now. I am slightly surprised that she wasn't like. A lesbian just because of how much she hates men yeah um i mean she loved men at first right and then she got turned into a vengeance, vengeance demon, demon after having a really bad boyfriend right so now that who she turned into a troll <laughs> so now she's come back to the to the being a human yeah back to her old ways yeah what can you do love you know but it's like she remembers everything that she did as a vengeance demon and all of like the things that men did to girlfriends mm. when girlfriends like would invoke her to take revenge on their boyfriends. Yeah. So like she knows all of the bad things that all of those boyfriends did and why the girlfriends had to take revenge. I was, gonna, I was about to say, oh, and maybe she just doesn't think Xander's one of those people. But it's like, no, she got called because of Xander. Yeah. <laughs> so... I don't know, Jill. I don't know. Um, so let's see. Joyce visits Angel at the mansion. Uh, she questions the kind of future that Angel and Buffy could have. She says, I think we both know that there are some hard choices ahead. If she can't make them, you're going to have to. Mm -hmm. um, I know you care about her. I just hope you care enough. Right. So finally, Joyce showing up and doing something. I mean, we haven't seen her since, what, gingerbread? With the whole that sounds right, yeah. Mothers opposed to the occult or whatever, moo. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so yeah. Um, uh, the Scoobies meet up at the library and start to try to figure out what demon the mayor is going to turn into during the ascension. The conversation turns to prom, and Giles tells them that they uh, tells them all they need to focus. Buffy argues that the apocalypse is coming on graduation day, so everyone deserves to have a fun time before that happens. So like, if we're all going to die, we might as well just make the most of what we have left. Yeah, I feel like, you know, this is a thing you see in a lot of 
stuff like before the war you know one yeah. one last night yeah um so let's see angel has a dream that he and buffy get married as they exit the church they walk out into the sunlight angel is miraculously fine but buffy bursts into flames yeah um, kind of metaphor that him being there will destroy mm-hmm. buffy yep for sure um, later, Angel and Buffy are hunting for vampires in the sewer. Buffy is asking Angel about getting a tux for prom. Angel asks her if uh, she's getting too invested in the whole prom thing, and she points out to him that this, this is the stuff she's supposed to be invested in. Mm-hmm. Um, prom, graduation, and growing up. Angel finally reaches his breaking point and confesses to her that he's been struggling, um, what he's been struggling with for like the last few episodes that them being together isn't right for her future and she deserves more and eventually she will want a normal life. Mm. Um, she says that she wants her life to be with Angel and he says, I don't. Meaning, I I don't want my life to be with you. Yeah, he doesn't want her life to be with him. It's yeah, tough. this is this kind of goes to what Joyce was saying to him about, you know, she loves you. Mm. And if you want to break up with her, like, you're going to have to be the one to do it because she's not going to do it. Yeah. Um, so this is Angel just, like, breaking her heart, but knowing in the long run that it's probably what's better for her. Because mm. eventually she might want to have kids, and she might want to have a normal life, mm. or as normal of a life as she can. Right. And he can't give her those things. Right. Um, so let's see. Buffy asks how she's supposed to stay away from him. Angel tells her that he's leaving after the Ascension if they both survive. So at least he'll stick around to try to end it, but yeah. Yeah. Sad. Um, yeah. Buffy invites Willow over to her house, and they talk about Angel breaking up with Buffy. Willow tries to console her um, and, like, stick up for her, telling her that Angel is a big dumb guy. <laughs> I love that that's, like, that's like Willow's insult. Mm. Like, she won't go into, like, bad language or start saying, she's like, he's just a big dumb guy. Yes, you're right, Willow. <laughs> Uh, Buffy tells her that she doesn't need to say that and Willow answers um, but that's the best friend's job vilifying the guy who hurt her friend Buffy admits that she thinks that he might be right in the long run and Willow unable to or not able to speak honestly instead of feeling like she needs to play the best friend actually agrees as well so she's like I I couldn't say it before but I can agree with you Um, so yeah uh, later, Xander is out walking around town and sees Cordelia through the dress shop window again. He heads inside to throw a few more insults her way, and he discovers that she's actually working in the dress shop. Uh, apparently, the IRS took all of her dad's money, and now she's working at the store to try to pay for her dress for prom. So she's trying to work up enough money to actually pay for her dress. Right. Um, yeah, it's... I feel bad for Cordelia. Yeah. Um... Let's see. While they're talking, um, a hellhound breaks into the dress shop through the window and attacks a guy wearing a tux before running away. Um, Xander somehow gets the security tape and brings it back to the Scoobies. Um, And while they're reviewing it, they discover that the guy, there's a guy outside watching the whole thing. Um, They discover it's Tucker Wells. Um, Willow, or so it's a a guy that they went to school with Mm -hmm. who graduated like the year before or something. Um, Willow hacks into his email and discovers he's planning on attacking the prom. Mm-hmm. 
through the episode, we've seen short scenes of him training slash conditioning the hellhounds uh, to hate anyone dressed in formal attire by forcing them to watch prom movie scenes. Uh, the Scoobies consider warning everyone and getting the school to cancel prom, but Buffy decides that she won't stand for that. She thinks that everyone deserves um, the prom and that she's going to make sure they all have a good time. Mm. She gets Tucker's address and decides to go after him while she tells the rest of the Scoobies to go home and get ready because they're going to have an awesome prom. <laughs> um, let's see. We get to see the Scoobies at the prom. Xander is there with Anya, who clearly doesn't know how to make small talk, so she's <laughs> telling him all the stories of the horrible things she did to men during her times as a vengeance oh, demon. God. Uh, Wesley is there as a chaperone, but is only watching Cordelia. Giles thinks he's ridiculous, but eventually goes and tells Wesley to ask Cordelia to dance. I mean, Wesley can only be, like, what? Probably early 20s. Yeah. Um, Cordelia's 18. She's a consenting adult. Right. They can do what they want. Right. He doesn't work for the school. He's just there all the time. <laughs> and no one questions him. Right. At least Giles worked there. Mm -hmm. What What are they going to say? That um, Wesley is his librarian intern? Like. <laughs> yeah. This is my nephew. <laughs> Snyder will just be like, when, when did I approve a budget for you to have an intern? Yeah. Well, it's unpaid. Um, let's see. Cordelia thanks that... Uh, oh, Cordelia thanks Xander for the anonymous donation. Um, there was a small scene earlier where we saw her finding out that the dress had been paid off. Mm. Somehow Xander paid it off. Where does he get money? Does he have a job? I think he was supposed to be... I don't know. He must have been saving up for his cross-country trip, maybe. Oh, maybe. And decided to spend it on that instead. I don't know. That makes sense. I don't know, though. They didn't explicitly yeah. lay that out. They don't explain it. Um, I think this was kind of Xander's last attempt to apologize and ask forgiveness for the events that happened earlier in the season between him and Willow. Yeah. Um, it seems clear that, like, Cordelia's forgiven him, but she doesn't want to, like, get back together with him. Yeah. Understandable. So, yeah. Um, Buffy gets to Tucker's house and confronts him. We find out the mot his motivation for wanting to attack the prom. Turns out he was turned down for the prom by the girl he liked, so he decided to attack it. Um, right. Tucker also reveals that he's already released the Hellhounds and they should be headed for the school. Buffy races to the school, tracks down the Hellhounds, and kills... Tra tracks down the hellhounds and kills them just before they are able to make it to the gym where the dance is being held. Mm. Uh, okay, so question for you. Sure. Where was your prom held? Um, my prom was held at South Station, I think it's called. So it's like this train station in the city near where my school was. So it wasn't held at school. But it was like... An like an event hall, right? Yeah, yeah, more or less. Okay, because my prom was held in an event hall at a hotel. Mm. Um, so I'm like, this is prom. Why did they have it in the gym? I think it's just like a, a thing that probably used to happen when schools are smaller and. Yeah, yeah maybe. I don't know. Was your school also they already big? had the set? Right, your school was pretty big, I assume. Um, there were like 500 kids in my graduating oh, yeah, class. That's, that's big. That's definitely yeah. big. We, uh, my school exceeded the, uh, uh, 
fire hazard limit for people every time we had a pep rally, which is why oh I God. never felt bad. On, I, I never felt bad skipping out of pep rallies because yeah. I'm, like, I'm keeping everyone else safe. No one dying of fire. Yeah. <laughs> understandable. They they never the pep rallies at my high school never called out the uh, drama club. They only ever called out the sports teams, even if like literally even if the drama club had a show that week. <laughs> get even a shout out of like hey go support the drama club blah 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 they're doing this really awesome show no it was always just the sports teams so no respect no messed up <laughs> but yeah um, same with mine we were we were about 500 kids as well so yeah um so let's see so Buffy basically saves the day. The hellhounds are dead. Um, she gets changed into her prom dress and is able to attend the rest of the prom with her friends. While giving out awards, we see Jonathan up on stage and he asks if Buffy Summers is there. The spotlight finds her by the punch bowl in the crowd. Um, so he, I have the 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 speech in my notes. Okay. Um, so Jonathan gives the speech to Buffy, where he says, uh, "We're not good friends." Most of us never found the time to get to know you, but that doesn't mean that we haven't noticed you. We don't talk about it much, but it's no secret that Sunnydale High isn't like other schools. A lot of weird stuff happens here, and kids start calling out from the from the crowd, Zombies! Hyena people! Snyder! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Jonathan continues, But whenever there was a problem or something creepy happened, you seemed to show up and stop it. Most of the people here have been saved by you or helped by you at one time or another. We're proud to say that the class of 99 has the lowest mortality rate of any graduating <laughs> class in Sunnydale history. Oh <laughs> at which point everyone cheers and claps. It's like, yay, we're not dead. <laughs> give it a give it a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he continues... Uh, and we know at least part of that is because of you. So the senior class offers its thanks and gives you this. He holds up a little, it's a little pink parasol yeah. with a little um, placard on it. And he says, it's from all of us. It has written here, Buffy Summers Class Protector. <laughs> and with this, Buffy finally receives the recognition from her classmates for all of the hard work she has done over the past three years. And it's such a sweet moment. Like, you can, they um, cut over to Giles a couple of times and you can just see like the proud father mm -hmm. um, it's it's just it that emotion is just written all over his face right. and everyone is very like just very gracious of her finally because mm -hmm. she's had to keep this identity a secret and clearly she didn't do a great job of that because they all knew that she was a slayer yeah. but um, like just the fact that like they don't know why she does it mm -hmm. they don't know that it's her like destiny mm -hmm. or whatever but they're like you know what she's not like this weird girl mm. she's actually been helping keep us safe right so just seeing her have that that moment mm. is just so sweet uh, yeah. um let's see later at the dance during a slow song buffy is watching everyone dance and angel shows up in a tux he says that it's a big night and he didn't want to miss it he tells her that it's just for tonight and he's still planning on leaving if they all survive the ascension. Um, but he gives Buffy a dance and it's just incredible, incredibly bittersweet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's how the episode ends. Um, I, I gave it nine stakes. I, I love this episode. Yep. It holds such a sentimental, um, 
spot in my heart mm. and um i for like watcher pass i have in my notes the actual like bad guy of this episode is pretty lame mm. uh but the episode packs an emotional punch like few others do the nostalgia factor is real with this one yeah yeah uh, yoda nine as well uh just a wonderful episode like you said good to see buffy get the respect she deserves yeah so yeah that's it for this episode right Yes, it is. I'm very excited for the next episode because we are talking about the two-part finale of Season 3, Graduation Day, Part 1 and 2. Mm. These are massive episodes. Guys, you're not going to want to miss us talking about yes. this. It's it's going to be so much fun. Exactly. And Joe, where can they find you online? Um, so I have been attempting to live tweet uh, while I've been watching Season 4. Mm. Um, I'm about five episodes in as of the recording of this episode. Um, if you guys like it, please go on Twitter. I'm at Jillian underscore Swan. That's Swan with two N's. Um, and I don't know, like, comment, follow me, whatever. I don't really understand Twitter. But um, uh, if you guys are enjoying my live tweeting, um, even if you're not seeing them while they're live mm. um, or while I'm live tweeting i don't again i don't understand twitter but um i i might continue doing it if people are liking it so cool. go and like those tweets for season four yes and uh anything else you'd like to shout out uh occasionally you can find me on the grass block uk channel over on twitch i'm usually either in the comments or occasionally actually um joining them on the stream so cool. um if you want to watch some people have some fun playing some games and uh mostly poking fun at each other uh, it's it's a, it's a good time. Absolutely, go check them out if you want to follow me on Twitter. I'm at the fake Bmar. That's B M A R R. The channel is at WG Everything on Instagram at Wicked Good Everything on Twitch at Twitch.tv/slash Wicked Everything and on TikTok now at uh, just search Wicked Good Everything. And we will see you in the next episode. The Sunnydale Review is a Wicked Good Everything production. The fan art of Buffy was created by Fishbone Art. The logo was created by Tamar Kutab. The original intro and outro song was created by Alex Carl.